Yup, man, is just sneaking another audio down. This your boy Herb. Listen, like, subscribe, share, leave a message at the end, and don't tell nobody because I'll be sneaking these audios in at the beginning. Coming up on this episode of Solution Based Community presents the Get Together. What's going on? In this country, we all struggle because we have all felt and dealt with the idea of being a black person in America. We don't use the term European American, so I'm not using the term African American. Black people are not a race. We are the original family from which all races come from. No matter how much struggle that we are put through, no matter what we have to endure, we always come out stronger and better. Everything that we touch, we improve. Everything that we think about, that we see, we make it. As straight up human beings, we have a lot of the same general interests and we could end up being best friends and you would never know. Just know that regardless of what perspective we have, we got some shit to clean up. That's legal time. That's what this shit is. Ah, well, it's still early, so. African-American time. That shit, is, listen, man. If you want time, you late. That's I mean, my motto. I mean that that sounds good. What you mean it sounds good? That's <laughs> that's the way shit. King, that's the way it go. I don't want to hear that. That's the way. That sounds good. That sounds good. No, that's good, the man. way this shit goes, man. See, but does it does it go like that, or are you saying that's how it should be? No, because it definitely don't go like that. I'm telling you, it, goes, <laughs> it go like that in my book, shit. You can't. Hey, listen, it go like that in my book. If I'm hey. on time, I'm late. Well, listen, brother, the world is a library full of people. Yeah, and I don't want to read none of that shit. <laughs> Not a motherfucking thing. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Solution-Based Community Podcast. This is the Get Together. I'm your man, K-I-N-G King, and with me, as always, is my brother, the Elder Herb. What's good, bro? Peace, brother. I'm on some hating shit tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm on some real live hating shit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you been... All right, no doubt. And of course, we got the queen of your milk chocolate dreams, the brown girl. What up, sis? Peace, queen. Hey, 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 guys. What's going on? Oh, uh, you know. man. All right. Now, today's episode hey. is a very important one. In the spirit of Marvin Gaye, we're going to ask the question, what's going on? There's a lot of social issues that affect us today in the Black community. And to talk about it, we have some great community members, as always. First up, great friend of the show, Dexter is back in the building. What up, Dex? What's up, my brother? Peace, beloved. How you doing, brothers and sisters? Oh. Next, we finally have one of my favorite guests back from the Black Love episode. Sharice is back in the house. Peace, family. Hey, family. What's up, sis? All right. Now, this next brother is a longtime friend of mine. We go way back to singing Boys the Men in the high school cafeteria. Wait a minute. 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 Stop right there. You know what? Go ahead. Keep going. Go ahead. And, and go ahead. Go ahead. Cause I get you later. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead I'm, I, we're going. We're going to kick this shit off. I told you the most hate shit tonight. But go ahead. Go ahead. My brother. My brother Owen is in the building. What up, Owen? Peace, that, brother. Peace, gang. Doing, family? All right. And uh, finally, one of the biggest pains in my butt. But that's only because she is fiercely intelligent. It challenges me on every level, and I love her for it. My girl, Avi. What's up, Queen Avi? Peace, peace, Queen. 
right. Now, just a reminder, you can catch this in every episode of the Solution Based Community Podcast on our new website, www.solutionbasedcommunity.com. Log on to check out all of the content, all the videos, or hit the links and tune in on your favorite podcast platform. All right. Elder Herb, as the late, great Marvin Gaye put it, what's going on? All right. I need to get some shit. I I need to get, before we start this show, I need to get some shit off. I need to really clear the air on this shit, yo. Brother Owen, first of all, let me tell you, we love you here. You 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 a part of the community here, brother. And and and, and I just want to, what the fuck is up with this singing shit? Hey, what, please, please put me down with this because he introduced it like it was some shit that was really going to get y'all on making the stars or some shit. But go ahead, talk to him, bro. If you don't know, you can't know. Okay, <laughs> all right. That's the thing. I mean, I, I done been beyond that. I done auditioned for American Idol and all kinds Word. of stuff. So, yeah. I used okay. to take it serious before I had a million kids. True. Well, what the <laughs> fuck was King doing, though? I, now, I believe you. I believe you. But I really would like to know what the fuck was King doing? Because well, King... On the, on the real? Oh, um, yeah, on the real. Yeah. Him, me, and our homeboy uh, that shit we ain't seen in 20 years, uh, okay. Orlando... Oh. Oh, in Orlando uh, too. Yeah, yeah, he probably yeah he probably teaches his dog how to talk. But go ahead, bro. Go ahead. The three of us and look, I was that year. I was nervous. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be real. Um, I just took the class to you know get some credits, <laughs> uh, and then I got a. I'll never forget. I got a uh, what was it, a Temptations uh, solo at the mm. concert. Oh and yeah, this is interesting. This is very. <laughs> this is extremely interesting. <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you, as look, I was nervous as hell, but as soon as I started singing and them chicks in the balcony stood up and started going wild, all nerves was gone. Was King <laughs> was, was, was was King the one all right, so I get it now. He was the one designated to hand out the roses. <laughs> That's there you go. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead and kick it off, King. Come on. I got it now. I we, we good. We good. We good. Yeah, we good now, because I got it now. I understand now. Yeah, you was Handing out the rope <laughs> and put put putting uh putting castor oil all on your chest and shit. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We good. We good right, now. Man. I got it. I got it. Hey, I listen, we had we had some good times, man. That's my brother right there. You know what I'm saying? So so we had some fun, yes, man. man. You know. But what is, what what's right. the deal, man? What's going on right now? We got a lot of things going oh, on. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is this is about. The normal, the abnormal, the 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 sweep under the rug—it's about us, you know. what I mean, social issues from small to medium to large—you know what I'm saying? All of these things need to be addressed because, I mean, we all heard of the straw that broke the camel back. So I, I'm gonna just go ahead and and cut the bullshit, all the uh, the beating around the bush, and just simply ask. Just like you said, just like what Marvin Gaye said, it, what's going on? Um, I want to start off with a simple question. What do you consider yourself? You know what I mean? What do you consider yourself? Black, African-American? Um, what do you consider yourself? I'm going to tell you from the door. I've been fighting with that shit for a minute. Every book I read, every every conversation I have, you know, my perspective changes. I'm a researcher. I'm somebody who is dedicated to research and dedicated to constantly knowing myself. But the more and more I I attempted to, to learn myself, the more and more I know how much I don't know. So 
I would like to know what do you consider yourself? Avi, what about you? I'm hella black. <laughs> hella <laughs> women, hella women. Oh, what? Hella, hella black. black. Hella black. True, hella I like black. that. I but like I have that. a on that. Like, I don't, I feel like African-American is just another way for them to try to remove us from the country. We don't use the term European-American, so I'm not using the term African-American. Amen. It's a way to remove us from this country. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I actually, I actually like that, man. It, it's like, Hell you know, it's, it's, it's a way to, it, it's for the census. Like the, that's where the, the whole term comes from, right? African-American, it comes from the, the designation for the census, right? Mm-hmm. right. It comes from what? The designation for the census? For the census. Yeah. For them to count us, mm-hmm. you know, we're designated as, as whatever we are. We got to pick one of those, you know? Right. The African-American would be a culture, not a race. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. Dex. What about you, brother? You know, I had I had seen this. Um, somebody had posted something that I thought was very interesting. <clears throat> it said, "Black is not a color; it's the essence of which all colors come from." Mm-hmm. Black people are not a race; we are the original family from which all races come from. I thought that was very interesting. That you know, it, it kind of you know because we kind of looked at black as being a color. Mm-hmm. And never looking at it as um, not being a color. Yeah, it's the, yeah. It's the origin you know, it's, of all. Right, right. So it's like yeah. it's the it's the essence of all colors. Yes, so we have definitely been defined by European. You know, we black, Negro, Negro. You know, all the different terms down the history. We done changed. You know, they they keep naming us different names, and we kind of <laughs> um, adapted that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't really defined ourselves. We've had others define who we are. This is facts. Not in the modern day anyway. Right, right. So, you know, so I mean, I heard the term Asiatic black man. Mm. Okay. Now that's that's going even further. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta know about um, the earth. You right. talking about the earth. It, Asia. Right. Yeah, I don't so think they, they're ready for that one though, bro. <laughs> 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 I don't think you're ready for that one because you guys, you got, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you had to switch your glasses. You know, the point is that, you know, black, you know, like I said, you know, I've read this and I found it very interesting. I just want to kind of read it one more time because I thought that was that was kind of profound. It said, "Black is not a color; it's the essence from which all color comes from." Mm-hmm. Black people are not a race. We are the original family from which all races come from. Mm-hmm. It, 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 that's it. Those are, I, I want to say that, because those are factual statements. Those are statements that any historian or, or anyone with any type of sense that, that wants to promote um, the truth, they have to confess to mm-hmm. those particular statements. So I agree with you. One thousand percent. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Brother Owen, what do you consider yourself? Word. Well, this is a great question. I was looking at them earlier, and uh, I think, especially looking at the panel, I have a unique perspective because my mother is white. So, you know, I, I have both sides of the of the gambit. Um, however, I go 
you know, I've always lived by the, you know, what they say, if you got one drop of black blood and you a mm-hmm. black person. So, mm-hmm. you know, and especially even more than that. So there's multiple sayings. There's that one mm-hmm. and then there's you, whatever your father is. And my father's mm-hmm. 82 year old black man from Shreveport, Louisiana. So mm-hmm. I'm Shreveport? <laughs> and, you know, I've got um, my beautiful black queen that I've been married to for almost 18 years. So our kids are three quarters black, but I don't let them forget about mm-hmm. that one quarter white, right. mm-hmm. you know, because there's nothing that's necessarily bad about it. Right. Um, but as long as they're, they're um, you know, well-educated on their culture. Now, the white side of my family, avid Trump supporters. Hell, even, even my big brother that I looked up to for years, full blood brother, for some reason or another that I can't grasp, he is 100% Trump, you know? Hey, hey Owen, I gotta ask you something, right? What's you that? say Trump supporter, right? All right, you you say Trump supporter. What what message are you giving? Across? All right, so if I was if you know I I was this alien, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. which actually I am. But anyway, if I was <laughs> if I was this alien, right, and and um, and I just came down. You said Trump supporter, and I and I say, well, what the hell are you talking about? What what is the Trump supporter like? Well, how would you define a Trump supporter? A Trump supporter is somebody who can see that. All right, so we all know that all politicians got some types of skeletons in their closet, you know what I mean? But Trump is wide open, wide open racist, wide wide open sexist, wide open, you know, uh, uh, top 1%, you know, wide open everything that is not the general population. And then you've got general population folks that are still following like uh, like drones, like, like they're hypnotized, you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas like, you, you look at the other side, like, so, all right, perfect example. These uh, damn political commercials, right? They got the ones against Joe Biden, and trust me, he is only the lesser of two evils, in my opinion. However, they take clips of what he says and put them in the commercials. Like, if you're like me, I'm gonna raise your taxes. Cut. They didn't hear the whole statement. You know, yeah. if you're like me and you make they over four thousand dollars a year, right? But yeah. Un- yeah. unfortunately, there's too many uneducated or undereducated people um, that hear that clip and take it for scripture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I say that to say, um, again, I'm not against the white side of my family. We just have different views on a lot of things. I still love them to death, and a lot of them hated my mother um, mm-hmm. when she married a black man. Okay. You know, it took a lot of peeling away, you know, to, mm-hmm. to get that family structure. So I think my perspective is unique in this kind of forum. But I'm a, I, I can, I can, oh, I can, oh, oh, I can, say, say that last part again. Say that last part again. I said, but I'm a black man. All right. All right. <laughs> I could, I could appreciate that, bro. I, I definitely can appreciate that. And I won't get too much in it. I won't get too much into it, but, um, I, I won't I won't call myself a Trump supporter. I will call myself a Trump fan. I won't elaborate on it right now, but I will call myself a Trump fan. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, my sister Sharice, what do you consider yourself? Honestly, um, I consider myself Black greatness. If I'm going to be defined by the color of my skin, then you need to define the greatness that comes with that color, and you need to research history and understand everything that created great was created by a great black man or woman of color. So don't define me by the pigmentation that you see 
And if you want to attach that to me as a person, make sure you add greatness to the end of it. Because from me comes everything great. So that's everything. how I find myself. If someone wants to know, well, what color are you? Well, I'm black greatness. Look it up. Mm. <laughs> mm. So Amen. Brother, uh, I don't know where he just went. Oh, Mr. Anderson, you know, our family is very multi-diverse. From our biological father's side, our biological grandfather came over from Great Britain to the Bahamas. So we have that going on. On my biological mother's side, you have full-blood Indian. You have African-American. You have Dominican Republic. You have all of these different things mixed up. But none of that stuff matters at the end of the day. Like my brother said, you're defined by the pigmentation of your skin when it comes to this society. So I to choose my own definition. If you want to define me by that, then make sure you get it right. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. I got a, I'm, I'm branched out. You know, my great grandfather on my mother's side was full blood Irish. You know, my and, and my grandmother, she's half Irish, but she looks, she'll pass for white any day. You know, pass for white any day. Love it to death. And my other side of my family, my father's side, we tracked our descendants all the way back to, to kings and queens in Europe, where it was two princes from the Windrose, Windrose and Windrose. And they split over a girl and one of them came out here. And that's how they dropped the D from the name, became Windrose. They came over and settled down in Millville, New Jersey and helped do all like, so it's a whole melting pot. Mm -hmm. But I turned out to be a black man. So that's what I am. Well, Brother Dexter told us everything came from us, so. You know, I'm not surprised. Nope, mm -hmm. not at all. It's just full circle. Come right back around, baby. You know, come right back around. And do we feel like, even though we have all of these, oh, wait a minute, I didn't even ask. Brown girl is, is brown girl, brown girl is riding, yo. <laughs> Hold on, brown girl. But I identify as black. Hello, I call myself a brown girl. Yeah, you know, I really, I really thought about it for a second. I'm like, it's brown girl. Should I even say you identify yourself as? Duh. Yeah. And, and the reason why I do that is I'm like you, I, I come from a melting pot family. Um, my Nana was a full blown, <laughs> red hair, blue eyed Irish woman. Um, huh. But, you know, and then I have like, um, she married, oh shit, I just missed my turn. Uh, <laughs> but she married a man from the Bahamas. And hmm. from there, here we are, just black as day. And yep. my dad was just hella black, like Amy said, so I'm black. Mm hmm. Yo, right. you, you know, the reason why I say, I don't know my perspective switch on a regular basis is because of my experience. You know what I mean? Um, as a man, my experience um, persuades me to define who I am as, as a human being. And when, when, I get, when I get labeled, I say, okay, I'm, I, I'm not, I, you know, I don't want to identify with, what society calls me or how society looks at me. I just identify as somebody who probably poses a threat to these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Let me let me um, point out something too. Um, sure. I think we think in a box because we're here in America and how we're treated here. Um, and let me tell you, it's not just America who looks at us some sort of way. I've been around the world. I was in the United States Navy. Um, and there's a lot thank, of countries. Thank you for your service, brother. Word, right on. Um, there's a lot of countries that uh, may side-eye us, even though if they were here, 
they would be the um, the ones, you know, <laughs> treated like us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's it's a double standard, but it's we have to look more broad. I mean, obviously, we're focused on what's happening right here, but it, we have to really think about um, expanding our view because mm -hmm. it's not just here. Correct. True. And, and, and beloved, I, I love that. I love that. Like, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that that perspective, man, that well-rounded perspective, and um, and I I greatly appreciate you for that. Uh, that that statement was a great segue to the next question. You know what I mean? Um, are we are we all the, are we all the same? Do we, is there is there a black culture? Is there a black culture? Is there something that makes us alike is there something that makes us similar like is there something that brings us together as far as our cultural experience here in the united states of america i think that there is but i i don't think that it's what everybody thinks i believe honestly that the the culture that we have in this country is struggle mm -hmm. i believe that that is the one thing because we're all diverse we come in all different shades all different colors all different backgrounds all different beliefs fans of who, fans of whatever, but it does not matter. In this country, we all struggle because we have all felt and dealt with the idea of being a black person in America, all right? And that is from the beginning of our existence here up until now. So I think that you can't separate that from whatever you wanna call black culture is the struggle that we have. And that's one of the defining keys to us as black people in this, in this country. I, you know what? Okay. I, I, I eat that for now. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I eat that for now. On, on that though, I think um, that that's a, a very personal level view. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the question, um, I think we should actually, you know, go from a higher level view. You know what I mean? Because there's many different ways to look at that. Wish that. Um, wish, wish that. Like, like what's that higher level view? Higher level view is okay. So, what's the question? Do you feel we're all the same, right? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. a black culture? Mm -hmm. So, are we looking at it? Um, that question could be misconstrued. All right. So, if you ask one of us, you're asking a black person. But how about if we ask a white person that question, or an Asian person that question? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, what is their view on that specific question? Because there could be a whole lot of different ideas on that. I, I got you. I, I got you. But I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that white people or Asian people or or whoever people are not invited on this in, in this platform. I'm not saying that. We're asking us: Do we identify with with a culture? Like, do we do we have? Is there a black culture here? Like, well, I, I get that, but I'm saying. Um, from a granular level, we should take little bits and pieces into account because, um, all right, so let's just take it generationally. Mm -hmm. There is a culture, there is a, a strong black culture for our grandparents. You know what I mean? Um, there is a, a specific yet split culture for us. There is a different black culture for our kids. You know what I mean? So where do we find that uh you know, that equal spot, you know, um, because it's completely different. Um, 
generationally. So um, when, when thinking like that, we have to look at how, unfortunately, how the outside looks at us, you know, cause all right, so you can have a 70 year old white man looking at a bunch of um, late teens, early twenties uh, um, brothers and sisters and getting a completely misconstrued um, vision of what black culture is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it, it's a gray area is what I mean. So we need to, I think we need to find a way and it's hard because you know everything is so different, but we need to find a way to mesh uh, the the three generations. There's there's three living generations. I, I get you. I get you. The, the realities change. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I understand totally where you're coming from because it, there's a contributing factor. This necessity. All right. So if you're dealing, if you're dealing with an 80 year old black man, you know what I mean, from the south. Let's say an 80 year old black man from the south. You understand? Um, like art with my grandma before she passed, she would she would she would be the one to tell you, look, that's your cousin. Like that's your family. Don't leave your family. Don't don't no matter what. This is what happens. This is your family. A lot of, I think I think our our I, I don't want to say ancestors because that makes it sound like too far back. But right. our um our grandmoms and grandpops had a different experience and they they needed each other a whole lot more. I'm talking about, I'm talking about literally. I'm not mm -hmm. talking about figuratively. Like I do need my brothers. I do need my sisters. I do need, you know what I'm saying? My community. The thing is, is that they actually need it. Like literally need it. You know what I'm saying? One another. To survive. In that yeah. aspect. It, to survive. So there was a necessary culture. Now that we are acculturated, meaning that we are blended into corporate America and penetrated into mainstream America and impregnated this country and gave it new birth to where now the whole world is acculturated with a sprinkle of us in it. You know what I mean? It's a different story. You could get a black kid right now that think like, well, I don't want to say think that it tell you straight out, I don't need you nigga. You understand what I'm saying? But you won't get that comment 80 years ago. Yeah. Right. So, Pete, go ahead, I, I think you need, and I, th I think you, you actually need to look at it. You know, you said you don't want to go as far back with the ancestors. I think you, you might need to go back that far because cool. you're looking at, what you're looking at is evolution yeah. of culture. I'm good with And you're yeah, looking at what back then um, at a time where we had, you know, a set of the things that we did traditions that were passed down from generation to generation. Some of it was stolen by other different races who stole some of those things, who implemented or changed things around. So it has changed from where it was before we were in Africa versus now when we came to the United States. Um, and then the different, and then there's different influence because all of us as black people have had different experiences. So we've went outside, we've um, integrated you know, things like that. So we bought different things back within the community. So that's why we're so diverse in our different perspectives. Cause um, my brother right here just said he, you know, he traveled, he been different places. So that's his experience. And then some of those experiences he done brought back to the community. So you looking at how things have through time has kind of transformed our, our evolution. You know, the process where we've been able to but we've still been able to maintain some of those traditions from generation to generation. 
like no matter what, the different styles have come along. You know, we had the the long collars, the the pants. That was that was part of our culture back then during that time. Mm-hmm. You know, like so you can see the evolution of how it changed. But then there are some things that still remain the same always. Um, you know, it was a time where you couldn't eat anywhere. You know, everybody had to eat at the table. You know, mm-hmm. that your grandparents, you know, grandparents, they wouldn't let you eat nowhere else. Everybody had to eat at the same time. Dinner was served at the same time. But now you see it's not like that now. Right. But then there's some of us who do have maintained that. So you see, that was part think, of culture and how a, the tradition passed down, but then it changed as well. There's a large significance in that, bro. I, I want to go kind of back to King, the, the question that he asked, because I, I guess I heard it differently, because I thought what he was asking was, what is that common denominator that ties all culture together that we all can relate to? And in listening to everyone's answer, I kind of agree with King that it is the word struggle. And I think that we become so taboo with that word that when we hear it, we take the negative connotation of it and think that when I throw out the word struggle and I attach it to a person of color, that it's a negative remark, but it's not. So when you talk about the cultures from generations past, from our ancestors to our our great-great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, us, and then even the children that we're rearing up, they're, the one thing that is consistent across the board is that word struggle no matter how successful you've become no matter how well traveled you are there's still going to be that one word that one factor that ties us all together whether and, and struggle makes us strong it's what strengthens us as a community so now when i think about what ties us together i can't have struggle without strength because in order for me to have survived all these generations, strength came along with my struggle. I see the fights that we're dealing with even now, even in the field that I'm in, you know, I see extremely successful people of color who have the great credit scores, who have the money in the bank, who are very well-spoken and put together. And I have to fight all day long with a person not of color who makes a decision whether or not they can get in a house or if their rate is going to be raised or if they want overly document that particular loan when I just had someone who does not share that same color who had worse credit get it with no problem it still attaches itself to that word struggle so when I hear struggle I don't look at it anymore as anything bad of what ties us together as a race as a community as a culture because where there's struggle there's bound to be strength because we have proven that time and time again from generation to generation no matter how much struggle that we put we are put through no matter what we have to endure we always come out stronger and better for it in the end. So I, I agree with all of the points, but I kind of just wanted to tie that together because and looking at it from that way, yeah, we've had different changes of how we wear our clothes, to how we wear our hair, to the type of music that we listen to, what we like, but the one common thing that no matter what age you are, if you are of our skin tone, the one thing that you can say that you have or experienced on some aspect comes to that word. All right, I'll bring it back to even when, when, you know, when you come through, you, you, you bring that, you bring that, you bring that Southern hospitality, right? There's some, there's some black people, right? That know what real sweet potato pie tastes like, right? But don't understand that they're tasting struggle. They don't tie the black eyed peas. They don't tie the 
the uh the the even the hog mall, even though I don't eat pork, but the hog mall and in 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 the uh llama beans and they don't tie this cuisine to struggle. It's just some shit that tastes good. All right. So that that comes from us, you know, putting sugar on shit, basically. You know what I mean? Getting the yep. scraps and making it taste good and so on and so forth. There's some real brothers and sisters out there that know what real sweet potato pie tastes like, but don't know what the fuck they eating. They they weren't privy to the origin of this shit. They don't know the why. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. So I'm I'm gonna tell you, I don't mess with characters, man. And and I I told that's why I told the brother Owens like, I mean Owen, I won't put the S on the end of your name and shit. But (laughs) I told I told the brother Owen like, yo, I know some you know some some Trump followers or whatever you want to call them, or supporters or whatever have you, right? But truth be told, they they got some reasons to be, you know, following the bull. You know what I mean? And I don't hate them. And that's why I asked you what what you meant by a Trump supporter, because, you know, they got their lane. You know what I'm saying? And like I told you, I appreciate that dude. I really do. I really appreciate him. But I won't tell you why. (laughs) <laughs> until we ready to conclude. But anyway. Um, I appreciate so that. Like, I have some input in well, yeah, reference please. to what I think our, our culture is. I think our culture is new. Um, to be honest with you, I think as Black people, our culture is very new, especially mm-hmm. here in America, because we have so many different influences from all over. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about our culture, I know you already touched on like the struggle piece or like the trauma aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is we have a culture full of innovators and it really, and I think that's like one of the cores of who we are, because you got to think about it. Like, I don't like to call, I don't like to say we put sugar on shit. We find a way to make things work and everything. Like, so when we're given the scraps as slaves, we say, okay, you want to give us scraps? Watch us turn this into a full meal. And that's something that we pass on generation after generation. Um, We're innovators when it comes to um, a lot of things that we even use in our house, like from the soles of our shoes to like the light bulbs that we use, it all comes from some person with vision, some black person with vision in order to make so many things work. So our culture is really, really, really deeply rooted in innovation and, and a people with great vision. Like I, I love what Cherie said on black greatness and everything. And it really describes what we are as a people because everything that we touch Mm-hmm. we improve. Everything that we think about that we see, we make it. Anytime you give a shit, we say, cool, let us show you how this is going to be all from everything. And and we're not just a culture of innovation, but we're also a culture of influence. Because if we weren't a culture of influence, mm-hmm. so many people wouldn't steal our stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, and this is down from inventions, patents, and stuff like that to just our general swag that we have for existing being black in America. I, I want even, it. They love while, it. Even, it. Listen, we 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 are responsible for the the washing of asses and brushing of teeth. Like <laughs> you gotta understand, like even when it comes down to the simplest in a simplest form, like we're responsible for civilization period and i am privy to you know have been you know taught those things you know what i mean like and i know a lot of us are like we are responsible for civilization in the whole everything derived from us like that that those 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 passages the brother dexter read today that's real shit uh-huh. 
that's real shit. You asked two questions. One of them is, are we all the same? And the answer to that is no. Um, but us not being the same is what makes our Black culture. And I think the reason why we can even have this discussion is because we struggle to identify our culture because we want to, we try to identify our culture as it relates to white culture. And we don't break that out. Everything that's our culture, we're like, well, this is ghetto, but really it's our culture from our names, our foods, our language, right? It's different. Yeah, from different sections of the country, it might be different words, but our language is ours. Our names, even the Bonquishas, the Shanitas, whatever. <laughs> they say ghetto names, right? I try to say that they're not ghetto names because they are ours. They belong to us. And it was an attempt to take back because let's not forget when our ancestors came over here on slave ships, they gave us European names. Sure did. So the names that we gave ourselves, that was an attempt to take back our culture. Mm. So the issue that we have is that we're trying to identify black culture as it relates to white culture and that's just that shouldn't be our culture our culture our music we talk how we dress yes it changes but that's just with time right but we have a culture the culture today might look different than our parents culture but we still have a culture you know and another thing also that don't ever change in the culture is what av was just doing with the neck move right. <laughs> <laughs> That, that that that's factual shit right there. You got that's to been, you got to really be you got to be bilingual to like, shit like that. You ever, <laughs> hey yo, you gotta got, got know. You gotta know hey, when Kate, it's peace and when it's not peace, right? Word is bomb. <laughs> hey, word 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 is bomb. Listen, yeah, check no. it, check it. When you when you somewhere and you with a motherfucker that's not from that community and you see certain shit like about to go down and them motherfuckers is trying to look and say. What's going on over there? And you like, oh shit, this motherfucker rolling their neck. Yo, dog, come on, yeah. let's go. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's part of being bilingual. Yeah. That's part of being bilingual. Yeah. So, you know, Jay-Z said it best. He said, I'm good on any MLK Boulevard. And I feel that same, I, I feel a similar way when it comes to that. I had a conversation with my wife, and I was saying, like, from 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 upstairs in the building in my office to downstairs. My whole lingo would switch up quick as hell. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got a suit on. Yeah, you know, whatever. But you say something wrong or you say something out the way, I'm going right back home with it. You know what I mean? Like, you go, oh, my God. I, oh, neck just snap all the way, all the way the fuck back. Like, yo, your neck, you going to hurt yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you look at like the, But, yeah, I shot the shit out of people because... You have to be that versatile. You gotta, you gotta be. Well, I ain't talking about the robot now. I don't do that shit, but I, you know, I, I know what my sisters do, and I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have that versatility. If that's the fucking word, like, is that a word, King? That is I a need word. King's approval. That is a right. real word. All right, thank you, thank you. Uh, but, but you, but you don't. Negro. That's it. Everybody give a round of applause to Tessa Negro. But anyway, go ahead, King. Now, what I was saying is that. On, on another aspect, what you're saying is we got to have that versatility. Uh -huh. um, I think it was on uh, the Wildation episode. Yeah. Um, Flash. Flash said it. Yeah. You know, they don't got to have that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We're the ones that got to have that versatility. Yeah. You know, they, they we got to know, what she say? We got no friends and living single? Yeah. They don't got no, they don't got yeah. no living single? Right? Yeah, That's real. They don't have to. That they don't permeates to. through. The thing is, the it, thing is, it's getting to that point where they going to have to. Yeah. Yo, it's getting to that point. She she was right. She was right. 
Mm-hmm. But there's a fucking expiration date to her right. <laughs> it, no, word is fine. This is real shit. She was right. But there's an expiration date to her right because we coming. It is because of that word acculturation that I said earlier. It's a blend in the culture. And right now, we have become the popular culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, Ivani's got a dictionary, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it ain't no bullshit, neither. It's not some shit where it's just confined to us. Like, okay, this is what we say at the barbecue, babe. No, no. It's shit to where these people are actually learning it. Like, eventually, these are probably these are probably going to be questions on on at, at the end. Of, I know in my in my field of study, it's it's indirectly questioned because I do I, I did interviews when I worked. You know what I'm saying in the prison, and I would ask the question, "Yo, are you well versed when it comes to culture?" And that's to say, do you talk that talk? You know what I'm saying? That's that's me asking that question. Do you talk that talk? When you confronted with X, Y, Z, do you know how to respond? When the sister rolling her neck like this, do you really know? Or are you one of these guys? Right? <laughs> are you going to blow the whistle? You understand what I'm saying to you? So Flash was right, but there's a fucking expiration date to her right, bro. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an expiration date. That's why I bring my full black self every That's room. right. Roll that neck, baby. Roll the neck. Just to let them know, uh-uh. <laughs> You ain't be doing that. Chew the gum, chew the bubble gum and everything. All that shit. You know what I mean? So bad. A few a few years ago for the uh, job I actually have now, I actually interviewed total taboo, so they say, but I interviewed with blue hair. I'm bringing my full black self. Like I cold like, <laughs> switching no more. I'm bringing my full self. Bringing it all. Bring it all there. I know that. Don't that. feel bad, Amy. I present on a regular basis to our board, our CEO, to um, I forget the executive leadership team on a regular basis. And every time I presented to them within a month, I had different hair. I had the locks, the faux locks that had all the colors in it. I have purple hair now. I've had a little bit of blue highlights in and I've had the audacity to tell my CEO at the time when she tried to touch my locks. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't touch that. Yes. It's not even my hair. <laughs> However, <laughs> you're not like I, I had no problem putting boundaries like, no, don't find my black existence that interesting that you feel as though that you can touch me. Right. And like, like and it's like and she was taken aback by it. And I was like, no, I was, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, no, it's OK. Just I was like just going forward. Make sure you don't try that again. Like. It is what it is. Like I, I'm, I'm at work, and I, I really do bring, I bring eighty percent of my blackness to work. The other twenty percent, they don't want that smoke. Uh, I, bring so a, I, I bring the balance. Wage white lady the email and ended it with sis. I already knew. That's why I bring a hundred, hundred and fifty percent of my black. Did you say she ended it with sis? She ended it with sis. She wasn't talking to me, but I was. <laughs> no, and you know what? Mm-mm. They getting. 150 percent of this because this, this just can't be like if this lady they, they, they coming around slowly but surely though because i mean just like y'all talking about i mean it's it's different for men and women but shit 15 years ago 10 years ago you wasn't seeing um men in a corporate environment with dreadlocks right you know, oh, or shit. tattoos 
Or oh, like, oh, yes, yeah. like if y'all, if y'all see, look, I work, I work for the corporate office of one of the, sure. the third largest, largest cable company yeah. in the world. In the world, you see, I have a full sleeve. I go to work with my tattoos, my earrings, um, you know, whatever, and I be chopping it up with, um, with the officers of the company, and they're, you know, they're cool. so they're they're coming around. You know what I mean? And the ones who are more, uh, I say, not quick to come around, but more willing to come around. They end up being the coolest ones because that's when they can let their guard down. See, they have a guard. So they let their guard down, right? And then they chop it up with us, you know, once or twice. And they're like, well, damn, this dude is mad cool. Like, shit, the VP of all of customer service for my company, me and him, six, seven o'clock in the morning, be chopping it up, talking about football and stuff. We be in his office watching TV. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And <laughs> It's just, and he's a, a white man from the upper Northwest, you know, from Washington state, you know what I mean? So it, it's just, it, time is breaking them down. It's just, we've got them ones that are holding on so tight, you know, and it's like, if you just, if you just let go a little bit, you'll notice that there's not that much difference, you know what I mean? As people, human beings, not like, there's obviously differences between black and white, but as straight up human beings, we have a lot of the same general interests and we could end up being best friends and you would never know. Yeah. I got you. I think right now we we are identified with a lot of our um our similarities, right? We identify with I mean, I think right now we we we're kind of more home with each other in that aspect. So I think it's a prime time to ask this damn question. Um the elephant in the room. Now, I don't label this shit this, but I'm just saying it because it's a popular term for this thing I'm going to ask you guys. Hmm. What do you guys feel about black on black crime? Boom, let me start. <laughs> Take Go. it. Honestly, black on yes, black crime. Honestly. Is, black on black crime is the same thing as white on white crime, but it's the only thing that's put out there in the media. Correct. Period. There's just as much white on white crime, you know, and then when you look at um, the concentration of black on black crime, it's because we've been um, corralled into uh, more poverty stricken areas, which, you know, call for different survival tactics, which, you know, people got to defend themselves more and stuff like that. So that's what they focus on to put it out there. Like the black folks is doing all this, but they're not looking at the fact that there's just as many white people killing white people as it is black people killing black people. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. The reason is because that makes them uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Because when you look at when you look at the differences between what they call black or black crime, which is complete BS, all right? Mm. The the same things happen, but they don't want to talk about that because they want to be right. Right? Mm -hmm. So if they if they can if they can utilize these things and and push these numbers in your face and keep in mind when they do this stuff they're never consistent with the method that they use to try to compare, all right? Sometimes they want to use the numbers and then other times they want to use percentages, right? But they don't ever want to do those same things across the board for everything because then it starts to skew and then you can see that the numbers can lie when you look at it in a different way, like they're trying to do, you know what I'm saying? But it makes them uncomfortable when they're not right about those things and then they have to face the fact that there is an inherent bias and an and, and inherent privilege. There's an inherent privilege that they have that they don't even have to acknowledge, they don't even have to acknowledge it as long as they pretend to be right. 
She good. Yeah, yeah, she. So yeah, she, yeah. I have lady. a different opinion. So and and I see where everybody's coming when it comes to it, it doesn't really exist because in it is true when you come in the grand scheme of things it is crime is crime against another human it's just that this crime happens in the neighborhoods we live in but with saying that we cannot ignore the fact that it really is happening like we mm -hmm. are killing each other Correct. and we are committing crimes against each other i don't i hold us killing each other at a higher regard and a bigger concern to me because i hold us at a higher standard Mm -hmm. and everything because we are bonded by the struggle we are bonded by who we are in this america we are living in communities together and everything but we don't put a value on our lives yet we expect and we hold people that have shown us time and time again that there is no value on our life that uh, we are expendable that we are um damn near uh what is that uh, property like we like we give that like we we expect them to treat us better even though they've shown us that they haven't consistently throughout history so i don't worry so much about the crime that other people are doing against me and and people who look like me because at the end of the day i've been taught all my life that that's what they do but I, when it comes to us committing crimes and killing each other and not putting value on our lives i have bigger issue with that so i tend to talk about the black on black crime like we we can say we don't like to hear it but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist well, my, my queen i uh i i want to tell you that i i empathize i agree with um i'm not going as far as is is what king just fucking said but <laughs> I, I actually I don't like nothing that King says, but anyway, um, I'm going to tell you that I empathize with your statement, right? And I'm going to tell you I empathize with your statement because I understand where it comes from. I understand where you where like the vantage point. You know what I'm saying? I understand all of those things. I'm going to say that the crime was committed prior to. And what I'm going to say is that if you deprive a community of, 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 of necessity, of necessary resources, that this is what you will see. All you have to do is set the stage and turn that camera on. Mm -hmm. You will see it. If you build it, they will come. Well, uh, this is where I have to disagree with you there. Because that's fine. There were parts, uh, and this is where we got to go back and look at our own history when we weren't, when we didn't have, and nobody was giving it to us. You, we created it. Like, that's why we had the Black Wall Streets. That's why we, not just the one Black Wall Street that everybody's aware of, but the ones in New York, the ones in Chicago, like all over the country. We weren't, like, we weren't given shit, but we still made communities that thrived without being given shit. Like we are a community, we are a people that are great innovators. So why are we using this excuse of not being set up or, or the crime being committed ahead of time as our reason for committing crimes against each other? No, like that's I'm, an excuse. No, I, I, I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about committing crimes because truth be told, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking at these things in that particular light i'm looking at these actions are actions of what that particular person views as being necessity at that particular time and truth be told if we don't physically have that experience at that time who are we and i'm putting myself in this category as well you understand because i'm far 
physically I'm far removed from being deprived from that standpoint. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do have my black skin. Yeah, I do still have my lingo. And yeah, I do understand certain languages and things like of that nature, but I don't spend the night in a poverty-stricken neighborhood anymore. You understand? So I'm physically removed, far physically removed from that particular standpoint. But gets but I have the pleasure of servicing my community every fucking day and hearing the voices of our community every day. And these are not, I don't want to even look at them as crime because these are things that are committed out of what is it, it, it appears to that person as a necessity, as a, as something necessary to do. You know what I mean? And the the black on black crime is is bullshit. It's bullshit. I, I think I think that it, it it goes way deeper than that. You know what I mean? It, it goes way deeper than than a brother doing X Y Z and so on and so forth. I I mean it's like this. All right, you got you got the brother the brother in Philly. You know what I'm saying? This 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 show is being recorded on. The day after a brother gets shot up, what, 15, 14, 15 times, right? Walter Wallace. Yeah, 14, 15. I don't, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this shit. Don't take the, the, the clip it out like they did the bull biting. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and try to use the shit again. It was 12. Because I would, I would style on your ass for real. But anyway, um, they, with no hesitation, you go ahead and fill this brother up with 15 of them things. You understand what I'm saying? When he coming at when he coming at the police with a knife. You understand? When you got this white boy, what's the white boy that went in that in that church and shot them and shot them uh roof? Shot them Dylan people roof. up, huh? Dylan huh? Roof. All right, so Dylan Roof. Didn't he come out, didn't he come out of the building with the strap? So is your argument, Herb, then that you don't see black on black crime because of the crime committed against black people by police officers or people rocking the badge? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you because I do I do speak around I go around the corner and shit and come back. But listen, let me break it all the way down. Just got killed by police in Philly. And there was a young girl that was just killed by her black husband because he was abusing her and she wanted to leave him. He killed her and their kids just here in Dallas. Black okay. Okay. Well, that was that. Hey, listen, Sharif, Sharif, let me tell you real quick. I'm sorry. I, I really don't want to cut you off, but I have to because that was a crime committed before crime. That, that young man or whoever have you, listen, that's illness. That's, that's straight up illness. That's neglect. That's neglect. Listen. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the police officers that kill, you don't think that that is an illness? That they're doing? No. No, that's not an illness. That's a straight up biased culture. They are 100% well. They're, they're well human beings. They know what the fuck they're doing. People, we want to label that as an illness where we kill our own, but. It's something different when we're killed by someone of a different culture. It is a it listen, the thing is is that if you were exposed to something, right? All right, like the whole African that like when we was well when I was a kid, people would say like a disrespectful thing was, was to call you an African booty scratcher, right? 
It's, it's, it's corny as hell, right? But you be mad as shit, right? You be mad as a motherfucker, like you really want to fight when a motherfucker call you African booty scratcher. Why? Because of our perspective of what an African was at that particular time. Because of mainstream promotion of what Africa was to a young inner city young boy like myself, you understand? And I adopted this perspective. So therefore, I didn't want any connection to what they was talking about. So now, so now, if you have this broad mainstream perspective that's being pushed on you, right, about our community, it's absolutely nothing for you to pull the trigger on a motherfucker that looked like that person that you consider to be an animal. So therefore, it is culturally accepted for mainstream America to view us in this way because the spotlight is put on the experiment. All right? So when you deprive a community of resources, when you take out the necessities and give scraps, you are going to create conflict. All you got to do is catch that shit on camera and then expose it to a broad amount of people. And now guess what? To those people, these people are animals. And then guess what? If you allow those people that are in that actual box to see that same to see that same uh, 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 footage that you caught, they're going to think that about themselves. So now, right, when I devalue myself and I look at someone who looks like me, they ain't shit neither. Uh-huh. So this is a sickness and an illness that lies within the community that was inflicted. It was a crime committed before these motherfucking crimes. And I'm mm-hmm. tired of that when people sit here and say, yo, I ain't fucking with them. I ain't doing X, Y, Z. Yo, these, it, it, listen, we dealing with a deprived people because you know you know why I know? Because I'm, I'm, I'm from that cloth. I'm from that fucking world. And if it wasn't for certain shit in my life, if it wasn't for certain handshakes, certain hugs, certain connections, I wouldn't be where the fuck I'm at right now. <clears throat> I would be that quote unquote monster or probably six feet deep right now. Yeah, I, and I agree with both of you. I, I think, you know, the sisters are saying, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking at the effects, you know, black-on-black crime. I mean, right. and I, you know, I think that's valid, you know, because in the end, you know, we do have to take responsibility for our own actions in the end. Correct. Um, but also, brother, what you're saying, just to piggyback on what you're saying, you know, we live in a cause-and-effect universe. Um, that's the effect, you know, black-on-black crime. But then there's a cause to that as well. And when you look at the cause, this is a model that's in every city that you go to. It's the, it's the same look. Poor education, unemployment, drugs. Every every city has this same concept because they're deprived, like the brother was saying, of resources. You know, the educational system. Some of these kids don't even have books. You go to Camden, look at it, look at the educational system. They're deprived, but you go to different areas, you can see the difference of poor education, unemployment. So I can, so those those factors that's happening in neighborhoods or in our inner cities, it's, it's it looks the same no matter where you go at. Now some now that's now that's is that by is coincidence? There, it, but is there a no, it's not. Or is that by is design? There a, is there a whole there? Exactly, and a, that's what I'm saying. Can so you find, can you find can you find Fresh fruit. Can you find uh the the shit? All right. What what what's in your what's in your immediate circle? First of all, you ain't got no fucking car. What's mm-hmm. in your immediate circle for you to right. grab? You know what I'm saying? Besides some fucking oodles and noodles. Or some 
You know what I'm saying? Or some out of date type of shit. Like, though, I really like literally used to go to the store and lot lined up would be, you know, the 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 uh the potato chip aisle and shit like that. When I tell you every last one of every last one of them shits was outdated. And it wasn't because the store owner actually wanted to purchase some outdated shit for his community. No, because the store owner was part of the struggle as well. And he had to buy for the low. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I know that there was a crime committed far before these crimes yeah. are committed. So the last part of the, the last part of it is you bring in the drugs. So now you got poor education, unemployment, now you throw in the mix. Man, drugs. roll that fucking blunt. You know, I can make roll I can make and, and, I can make and, and, and I can make people fight. And I'm talking about this is how you manipulate circumstances. I can make dogs fight if I throw one piece one bone in the midst of some dogs. I can make them fight and necessity. hide my hands. Is that's necessary? Because I know that I know that dogs like meat. <laughs> so so what I do, I manipulate the dogs by throwing a, a, a bone in the midst of them knowing that by me doing so that that would produce them fighting and that's what and that they have the understanding that they benefit from us being that way mm-hmm. you know because obviously you in the neighborhood we're gonna go to jail the prison all of that that's a prison industry and they make money off prisons they don't build prisons and put it on wall street unless they plan on people going into them Right. They got to fill them bad, so they have to produce the circumstances to get people in the put in jail. You think the world want to get rid of crime? Nah, it has to produce crime. Because if there's no crime, there's no policemen. So in order for policemen and judges to be, to be needed, there has to be crime. <laughs> so they have to produce circumstances that create crime. I mean, this is, this is, a, a, whole, this is a whole system of manipulation. Yeah, that's so when you talk about black on black crime, in truth, we do have to accept that responsibility, you know, in the end, because we need to be awoke now at this point. But at the same time, don't forget the hand behind the hand. One prime example of that, though, you're talking about um, uh, when you brought up the, you know, reducing crime, no need for policemen. Um, Look at some of that shit up. We we said that. No, I said you need crime. Right. I I thought you said no need for policemen. What I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, um, if you look at the flip side of that, there are some uh, white countries, European countries, that the police don't even carry guns because they don't have that crime, because they don't think on that level, because they don't have the people of color that they're trying to keep in the oppressive system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's a cycle that that we're caught in, and um, you know we're led to believe that there's no other way when we're not even just looking at other countries that are obviously showing another way. I I, I agree with what Brother Dexter said and uh, with the fact that there is a cause and effect. I agree with that. Um, My thing is when it comes to us, we need to hold ourselves just as accountable, our culture just as accountable because you have a mother who's lost a son or Mm -hmm. a daughter someone lost their brother. I have a lot of family members that I've lost to with gun violence, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's my whole point to say mm-hmm. that, you know, one is greater than the other. I know it's a cause and effect. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, where we are and what's caused that. But I also feel like I, as a culture, I can't get out there and march against 
crime when it's being committed against us by someone that don't look like us. Mm. I'm silent and I'm quiet when someone who look like me mm. shoot and kill my 16-year-old nephew. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? For something mm. senseless. I have to be just as outraged about that right. Of the setup that caused that, as I am about the white man kneeling on mm -hmm. my boy's neck saying he can't breathe. I mm -hmm. have to have that same amount of passion, otherwise, nothing is going to change. Mm -hmm. So I may march for injustice when it comes to police officers killing our blacks, but then what am I going out in the community doing to educate these generations coming up to try to change the concept and the mentality and the way that they think and the way that they view themselves to stop it? We talk. Yeah. But what are we doing to change it? Well, that's and that's that's one of the things that uh, a lot of times because of the uh, uh, the polarization of this entire. There you go with that shit again. Really? That there was that was this silly ass that, shit again. That's not even what a, the fuck is you talking about? Man. Man. There you that's go with this shit. This, this, word, this is what come this on. This is what really fucks it up. This is the shit that about. It's not even a good time. We trying to be a ah, serious so conversation, and then you tell me, go ahead, man. Just go ahead and finish your stupid ass shit. Go ahead. Polarization, a state in which the opinions, beliefs, or interests of a group or society become concentrated at opposing extremes. Definition up on the screen before the I don't fuck yeah, I don't that definition. I don't give a fuck about that word. Go ahead, okay. Go ahead. Do whatever the, the stupid ass word is. Go ahead. Anyway. Tired of this shit. The, po <laughs> the polarization of this issue, right? The the strong, bright apparentness of this issue right now that blinds everything else, okay? This is the reason why we don't immediately see the things that we do for the quote-unquote black-on-black crime because black-on-black crime is a community issue that we try to solve within the community, okay? The other issue is another issue that is countrywide that we have to solve outside of it because these are the people that are outside of the community coming in and policing us and doing these things to us so we don't get to see all the marches that they have the church gatherings that they do the things that they have with stop the violence and the peace rallies and uh you know no gang violence and you know all the the mother groups and the father groups and all these things that they do inside the community that stuff does not get polarized it doesn't get blown out of proportion and, and put up on big large tvs for people to see everywhere Right. What they see is that the black people are complaining that the cops are doing something to them and they just need to comply. Meanwhile, they looking at a number on the screen in Chicago saying the death toll is this high. Right. Nobody goes to Chicago and participates in those damn in those marches. They don't participate in those marches. Mm -hmm. You got people like Candace Owens and uh, whatever that other dude is that they standing up in the sheriff guy and all that talking about all this black on black crime stuff when none of them are about there marching for any of that stuff. And it happens in every neighborhood. They're doing this mm -hmm. in every neighborhood that mm -hmm. there is high crime and high issues, right? But we don't talk about that because the real serious issue that everybody's looking at right now is the one thing that they can use to hide that. But it's still there. And that is still an issue that we need to deal with in our communities because even though it is an it is a a, a you know a, a byproduct of what it is that has gone on, it is still our issue, and it is still something that we need to do. We need to stop damaging and destroying ourselves. We need to stop doing that. I told you, Brian. God, empathize with your 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 statement. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you, Sharif, on your statements. I'm with that. I do not. I am not a fan of the quote unquote black on black crime. Your European culture, 
is quote unquote popular culture. When the majority of our children and even ourselves think of black history, I would say right now we 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 more like quote unquote woke. But when I was growing up, I would think of freedom fighters. I would think of freedom fighters and prior to the freedom fighters, I would think of enslaved people. And there was no there was no prior to that. In my community, there was the African booty scratcher who we didn't want to connect with. In my community, there was there was a hate. Not a hate that we just just woke up and just say, oh, I, I'm a I'm just going to hate today. No, I hate that was systematically inflicted in our community to where we were viewed as nobody from the outside and systematically taught to view ourselves as nobody. When you taught a history that don't go past or, or, or that derives from slavery, and then you're taught a history that that has so many beautiful uh, 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 inventions or so that go back so far and beautiful that you can't connect to, then how are you going to view yourself? Yeah. How are you, like, literally, how are you going to view yourself? Are you going to say that, all right, well, fuck it, all right, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a descendant of a slave, so, but I'm going to have a high self-esteem. I'm a descendant of a slave, so therefore, but I'm still going to be a CEO of XYZ and so on and so forth. See, that shit wasn't, you talking about outdated books. You talking about uh, 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 resources that are stripped. So when we talk about our education system, we, like, how they teach Black history and our existence in history is the same across the board. So it doesn't matter the school that you're in. You could be at the same school that the president sends their kids to down to the worst hood in America, you're going to get the same history as it comes to how Black people existed in our contributions in American history. And, and that's the Anytime somebody controls the narrative, they control the story, they control, and they keep the power. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's how they started early on. And so I get what you're saying, Herb. You know, they, they plant that seed that you come from slaves um, from the time that we were in kindergarten to the 12th grade. Mm -hmm. That's what we were taught. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate because my father was a teacher and he mm -hmm. wasn't just a teacher, but he was a black history teacher who created mm -hmm. curriculum because mm -hmm. it wasn't any for the schools to right. give him. So he created curriculum to teach to his students. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, and I had the pleasure from the time that I was a very little girl that I had the same history taught to me. So I never had that idea that I, that I came from slaves. And even when slavery was taught to us, it was more so as you may be, you're not the descendants of slaves, you're descendants of survivors, people who, who survived the, mm -hmm. the journey, who survived the torture, who fought back. Like I was taught a different way. So it, it does, and right now and today in 2020, I won't accept what somebody else is teaching me about my history as that's the, that's the status quo. Like we need to teach our children question everything. Like I was labeled a troublemaker in the second grade when they started teaching us about Christopher Columbus discovering America. And I rose my little seven-year-old hand. It's like, no, that's wrong. And we need to teach our kids that it's okay to challenge mm -hmm. what they're being taught because they're not being taught to, to learn or to critically think or to even have their own views and opinions. And that starts at home um, because you have to empower your kids to do so. So 
we we know now, like when you know better, you do better. And we've known better for quite some time on how schools are educating us. Um, and a lot of times, and I say this, like I might not be the person out there on the streets advocating for defunding the police um, because it doesn't go align with my my beliefs and my agenda, but I am the person out there like, okay, why, why haven't we changed these books? Why are we still teaching outdated history when it's been proven that we have had more of a contribution? And I think we sometimes focus as a culture as a whole on how other people are treating us instead of focusing as a whole, how we tell other people how to treat us. Yeah, that's the, 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 the and then all of that are great points. And, and, but like the, the, the experience of inner city youth who parents, um, you know, and I'm just going to take Camden, you know, as, as example, I know years ago, it was like, Camden had a, I think the average adult had maybe like what a 10th grade education, ninth grade education in Camden city. Just looking at that. I remember looking at this stat before. Yeah. yeah. And, and the high. graduation from high school rate was, <laughs> I think it, it may have been 50%. So you're talking about, and, and this would probably be across most inner cities where there's um, a low graduation rate um, and adults not, you know, 10th, 11th grade education, basically. So you're asking those parents to teach a history that you were fortunate to, to, to get. That would be difficult for them to teach that. Not, you know, I'm just talking about the difficulty in them teaching that and being able to pass on what you had the benefit of learning from your father. That, that experience with any inner city youth is totally different. And so they are more, they are going to learn it the way that it's been taught. But they're not gonna get what you, they're not gonna get what you learned and how you learned it. But why are we not fighting for them to get it? Well, there are those who are fighting are. For, for them I to get it. Are. But what I'm saying is, when you, when when we look at it and say that's the parent's responsibility, I'm just saying that that may be a difficult task for those parents. And I can understand that because I and I, I do I do have to acknowledge that I did not have an inner city upbringing. I had a very suburban upbringing. Um, but prior to me having this very suburban upbringing, I have grandparents that only have fourth grade educations, and even the level of what they taught their children was different than what is being done today. So I have a hard time connecting that when I see that my grandpa, fourth grade, actually both my grandfathers, one was a fourth grade, one was a fifth grade, and the, my grandmothers didn't have the luxury. Well, one of my grandmothers graduated high school. And, but it's still what they still managed to teach and, and what they still managed to instill in their children to get that additional education later. So I have a hard time making that connection when people say you can't, when I, when I came from a stock of people who did despite. Well, your grandparents had an experience though. They had years of an experience. So the, the level of experience in terms of what they, they, you know, culture wise, mm -hmm. they were more into, they were more naturally akin to that culture and the traditions of that culture than the youth that are, are coming up now. That's why there's a disconnect in, in, in our young people today and the older people today because they, they, the experiences were totally different. 
what they're growing up into and what, what our grandparents went through, total experience, total different experience. So the fourth grade then, yeah, they, they had to do that. They were out working at fourth grade. You know, they had a whole entirely different experience. So they could teach some of these things that obviously you're growing up under their tutelage. They can tell you about, you know, when I was in the fourth grade, I was out in the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like they can, they had, they had more life experience, different than the young people that are growing up now. I think what we're talking about is like desegregation was probably one, of, one of the worst things that happened to the black community yeah, because we lost our sense of community. Yeah, yeah integration. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we integration. lost our sense of community, and so those little teachings that our grandparents were able to pass right. down because we lost our sense of community, that's not happening anymore. And so the only thing that people have to go on is that mainstream education that teaches us slavery, MLK, hey, now you're- Some inventions, a couple of inventions. Yes, exactly, right? So that's that's your history. That's that's your history. Slavery, MLK, (laughs) hey, you're free. (laughs) But they don't tell you about the struggle. You know, exactly. that struggle and, and how we overcame those struggles. I mean, I think I think you, sister, had said something about back then we had the um, Black Wall Street, things like that. And, and I agree with you. When we integrated, we lost all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was and a trick. When we didn't have it, when, even yeah. when we were living in it and flourishing in it and just minding our own Black-ass business, um, then it was like, hold up. They doing oh, too up. well. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's destroy, destroy it. it. And, and then let's say, hey, we'll destroy what you have, but come live with us. Right. Come put all your contributions into our neighborhoods. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But you can't live really with us. We're going to go ahead and put you over there. And we're going right. to make it so we're just going to just put the red line on a, la- on a map so that you can only stay in this area. Right? Well, I, I think the promotion, I think the promotion of us surviving versus the promotion of us living mm-hmm. were uh it, it, it's two different things brown girl you said we do come we do come from from in this country i would say in this country we do come from um survivors okay mm-hmm. but we are descendants of people who lived mm-hmm. all right uh we are descendants of people who <laughs> pioneered um we are descendants of people who gave birth to everything that exists today. Mm-hmm. Not just some things, not just uh, we've contributed. I, and, and you and you hit it on the, yeah, in this country, we have contributed to, to more than what we're accredited to, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that the far further that we look back, we will understand that we are responsible for all. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about promotion real quick in perspective. As far back as I was taught in this particular country, one of the first popular promotions were was the promotion of lynching. What they would do is they would they would literally pass around flyers. It's about to go down, right? And Whatever, whatever, quote unquote, crime because they were committed crime. They were considered crimes. I mean, looking somebody, looking a white man in the eye, or a white woman in the eye, or whistling, or whatever the hell you want to say, or or disrespecting uh, anything that was asked of you was considered a crime. Then whatever crime was committed, or whatever have you, 
See, the lynching wasn't for the actual person being lynched. It was for the others. Yes. It was to promote. It was to promote fear. It was to promote perspective. Don't you dare do what XYZ did. Mm -hmm. Um some of the some of the 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 some of the people that were actually lynched, I would I would go out on the limb and say that they would probably rather not be here than to be on this soil and suffer the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Some did. Mm-hmm. But it was the fear. It was the actual fear that gave birth to the to the nigga. Mm-hmm. I found myself getting getting a little shook up when I start to see my brothers and sisters on the internet getting slain for no particular reason at all by mainstream society. And then I have to go and dig back to my earlier teachings and say, yo, this particular fear is, is promoted for a perspective and for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that we as Blacks or African-Americans or whatever we want to call us deserve to inherit that. I'm with you, brown girl. We are survivors. But never forget, <laughs> we, was, we were the first to live. We laid the foundation for, for life, period. We are descendants of people who actually live, not just survive. So I I say all that to say this. We do have different perspectives. We do have different approaches. We do have different experiences that gave birth to our now perspective. I want to ask a simple question. How can we coexist and provide the necessary things to our community without our perspectives getting in the way. We got to bring them to the table. We got to do exactly what we're doing right now. This is what this forum, what this community is built for. All right, to bring these things from the community to the community and then back out to them again. We find ways that we can better expand on whatever it is that we're talking about, whatever it is that we're dealing with. We bring these real issues and we don't go out to Beverly Hills or to you know middle America, nothing like that. We talk to the people right here to find what is gonna work for us because this is about us. And then we try to bring it back out there. We start these dialogues and it's not, there's no magic brush. There is no magic wand that can be waved that's gonna fix any of this, all right? It's gonna start small. It's a grassroots thing, all right? So it's gonna start small and it's gonna have to continue to grow. All right. And we have to do it and think about it the same way we need to start thinking about everything that we want for our black people, for our people. And we have to think about that generationally. All right. We have to start with the youth. We have to start bringing that up and we have to start letting it grow and mature and get out there the way that everything else does. We have to be the ones to do that. And this is where it starts. I think King said it. I think King said it all. I will say one thing. I do kind of admire this new generation, Generation Z because they shake things up in a way that actually, Owen, you said three generations is four generations living. And the previous three generations didn't shake things up in a way that 
this current generation is willing to. Um, and I think that that their willingness to shake things up brings us all to the table mm. because now they're forcing us to look at where we went wrong in our teachings of them, right? And what we're bringing back to each other because even as I sit here, you all belong to a different generation than I do, right? But <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you all belong to a different generation than I do. And so the way that we look at things is different, but somehow we are able to come together and talk about this. And I think that we need to continue to have people that's willing to shake things up and challenge us on how we look at things. Because I feel like even like are the baby boomers, how they look at things is different. And they, they tend to even look at millennials mostly of, whoa, what are you doing? Why are you doing this like that, right? It, mm -hmm. it makes us have to have the conversation. Well, we're doing it like this because we didn't like what you did. And this yeah. is why, right? Sure. So now we're having that conversation. I think that this is how it happens, right? You got to make people, even when we're talking about like our white people, you got to make people uncomfortable. And within the black community, we have to make ourselves uncomfortable in order to bring about change. I, I agree with the sister. Um, in the scripture, in the scripture language, you know, this this is the best generation that we've ever produced. Um, they're called the Joshua generation. You know, Joshua generation was generation of warriors. Um, when God and were when the children of Israel were going to going to the promised land, when God was directing the promised land, the elders, there were some giants in the promised land. And the elders, you know, God said, Go, you know, go into the promised land. And the elders were like, There's some giants over there. So God told elders, elders, you know, you go die out and I'll take your children to inherit the promised land. So why did I say that? Because this generation is the strongest and fearless generation that we've ever produced. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it there's is. the lack of respect um, that more elders may feel for this younger generation is because they see us as cowards. Mm. They're ready to do things. They're ready to make things happen. They ain't talking. They ain't, they ain't about all this no more. Mm -hmm. You know, all this talking, they're not, they're ready to fight. They're warriors. You know, they're, they're on the streets. They're ready. They're soldiers. And and until we have elders that are, that they see are not cowards in front of them, then they're, gonna, they're not going to have that same respect. Mm -hmm. And then they can't benefit from the wisdom that maybe the elders could give them to help guide them because they're looking for direction, but they need a strong leader. Mm -hmm. You know, that elder has to be somebody that they don't see as a coward. And the elders are too busy criticizing instead of right. coming to that's the table real. because they to understand. Because, because most that, of them are real. sold out. That's real. They're compromising. Yeah. You know, they're real. compromising. And these young generation, they're not trying to hit it. You know, when Jesse, went, when Jesse Jackson went to, um, went to uh, what's the place? When Michael Brown, when Jesse Jackson went there, they told him to get the hell out of here. Mm. Jesse, you know, Jesse was civil rights. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, Charlotte, get the hell out of they're, here. They're ready. They, they feel like they've <laughs> made their that? contribution to this world and they have got complacent. And so they're like, this isn't my fight. I don't have to do anything else. And that's not technically true, right? You have to lead the, the generations that come after you. You can't just do your part and say, all right, mm -hmm. I'm done. And what we have is a generation of baby boomers, mostly that's saying, I did my part. This is y'all's fight. But I want you to do it this way. Don't do it like don't 
don't do it the way you're doing it. I want you to do it this way, but I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to tell you that don't do it this way. And so in closing, the this is the generation that can get us there, is what I'm mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. This is the generation that can get I'm, us I'm, to the next point. I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. I get, I, I get, I get all the way the fuck out their way. And this is, this is the reason. No, this is real talk. I get all the way the fuck out their way. And this is the reason why I defend them gangsters so much. This is the reason why I defend them little young boys. They know authentic. They know transparency. Yeah, yeah, they know what it is. Yeah. And what they're, what, what they may be doing is out of necessity. And I understand the sister too. The sister is like, yo, you got to lead them in, it's certainly you got to teach them and so on and so forth. Yeah, this is not your enemy. I'm let me allow me to show you who your enemy is. Then mm -hmm. I'll get the fuck out your way. Yeah, they know. You know they know when you're real. They <laughs> yeah, know they, when you're they, real. They, they they are, they're able to identify you being authentic. They yeah. know when somebody mm -hmm. full of shit in front of them. They yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I also think it's very important. I know you said that. How how can we coexist and yeah. leave our perspectives? on this away or not yeah. let our perspectives get in the way. But I think it's important that people bring their per perspectives and their experiences to the table when they're having these conversations, because it's like, for an example, you and I will never have the same perspective or outlook on life because of our, our upbringing uh -huh. and everything. Um, but just as important as it is for there to be a voice for the inner city youth or 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 people who were poor, there's an equal importance of having a voice for people who navigated in the suburbs and in white spaces earlier than what most people probably had to do. Like, you know, I was called a nigger for the first time on a soccer field at eight years old, and I never heard the word before, mm -hmm. but I knew it wasn't good. So there was a different level of what I had to learn to navigate through that prepared me for this moment that I'm walking in today. And so a lot of times when it comes to voices from people like me, we're often silenced or we're told that our opinions and our, our issues are matter or don't matter because to somebody who had less than us, we didn't struggle. So we don't know what it's like. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my blackness always being questioned. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I, if, anytime I get if, the opportunity to speak on it, I will right. get the experience of what it's like to be black in the suburbs or what it's like to navigate through white spaces at a very early age, because it, that's a different type of, that's a different type of experience and a different kind of trauma that you experience early on in life mm -hmm. that you may not have ever experienced until you got to college or until you got into corporate America or some kind of job and everything. So it, it's very important that Anytime we get to the table that we share all experiences across the board, and then we can pass those experiences, pass those stories down and listen to others with different upbringings and different experiences. Like I get the most information when I listen to my nieces and nephews tell me what it's like to be them. And then I tell them, hey, you know, this is what I had to go through in life. And then we have this dialogue, we have these conversations, and they pick and choose the things from me that can help them. And they use that and run with it. And the same thing with them. When they teach me new shit, I'm like, oh, wow. I never even thought about that. Or damn, like, you know, because they're the one that said, hey, TT, with technology, there's no reason for Black people to depend on somebody else to tell their stories. Mm. They's like, why don't, and she's like, if you want it said, create it. Like, and I love that. And it's so simple. 
for something that I probably overthought for years. And it was just like, just do it. Like, mm-hmm. and so I get that from them. And th- these are like 16, 17 year olds teaching my 42 year old ass something. But it's important that we have these conversations and we all bring all of our whole selves to the table to have it. But the importance is the listening ear, not just listen to hear and respond, but to listen, absorb what somebody else is saying, absorb what they went through. And then, you know, share your experience with them and pray that they have that same listening ear. Mm-hmm. It is very important because um, I, I, I come from, I come from that world that, that, that judge you. You understand? I come from that world that the, the, the people that, that judge you and say you ain't black. I come from that particular world because you know why? I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that now, but I'm gonna tell you why I would say that years ago. I would say that years ago because I don't, I, I didn't believe that someone like you exists because I was taught that we were less than. I wear a suit every day. And, and, and they still ask me where I'm going. I had a motherfucker ask me, did I have a court date one day? I wanted to smack the muck boy. But the thing is, is that it's people that look just like me because that perspective was given to them. So I say that to say this, and I love this community because this community is worthy of my fucking love. You understand? Regardless of where we come from, Regardless of what our quote-unquote experiences were, we all know what good sweet potato pie tastes like. <laughs> the thing is, is that some of us aren't privy to the understanding of how much struggle came behind that recipe. Will I cry over spilled milk? Hell no. You know what I mean? Um, brown girl, you are black. You are a beautiful queen. I, I know that now. But if you would have asked me 30 years ago, ain't no fucking way she could be black. Wow. Because she actually lives. And I wasn't taught that I come from a people that live. I was taught that I came from a people that survived. I say it again, man. I love y'all. I love y'all. And I don't just love you with words. I'm boots to the ground just like we all are. Every last one of us has, you know, certain activities that we indulge in on the outside where we give back and actually physically show our love. So I want to tell you that I love you and I appreciate every last one of you guys and ask if we have any closing comment. Well, I'll say something like this. Uh, This is the kind of platform that I think we need uh, to not only guide uh, our own children, but help our community's children. Because to be quite honest, you know, the only person on this forum that I know beyond today is King, you know what I mean? But I've got two grown men, children, out there in this world. And one of them is up there in New Jersey. So y'all look out for my boy. So, <laughs> yes, sir. you know, got things like that, like, you know, Without, uh, you know, it's it's that whole, it takes a village. Yeah. Well, well, the child is not raised when they're 18. You know what I mean? We, it takes a village to develop an adult. Yes, sir. So this is the kind of forum that creates that village. So 
I appreciate all y'all and everybody's perspective and everything on, on everything we talked about. Thank you. Thank you so much. Youngins coming up, so yeah, look out for them too. Sure, we got <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. I enjoyed the dialogue and the diversity, um, everyone's experience and understanding in our community and how we view ourselves, how we feel we're viewed by others, um, and so on and so forth. I think it helps shed a lot of light, um, especially when it comes to the aspect for me personally, the whole black on black um, crime perspective, kind of really seeing it through the eyes of you, Herb. I can imagine that's how some of our youth, you know, actually see it too. Um, I identify a lot with the brown girl being raised in the suburbs, not being uh, exposed to certain things because of our upbringing and things like that. But I also came from a family that highly educated me, you know, on my culture and my background. So I, I agree also with Brother Anderson that this is the type of dialogue that needs to be heard, not just on this platform. This is something that needs to go across the country, everybody should be listening and participating, not just in the conversation, but at the end of the conversation, let's come up with the solutions to now action to the conversation to begin mitigating the change that we want to see and become in our community. So I enjoy it. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. AV. <laughs> so I want to admit something, right? This whole time I've like I've been struggling and, and not because of anything anyone on here said. It's because the whole time we're talking about black on black crime and everything. I have the citizen at um, notifications coming up about the closures and everything that's going on like around me at this moment. And I'm thinking to myself about how I actually feel about what's actually going on. Wait, where are you at? Um, where are you at? Okay, so I live in Northeast Philly, mm -hmm. right? Um, I like to call it Trump country. <laughs> but um what's very interesting is that the the rioting and everything started in like west philly right which is completely opposite side of the city but it's moved up here and so like i've had there was a fire like right around the corner they said um they broke into a cvs that's around the corner like it's moved up here um and so as you all were talking i was forced to kind of like put it into perspective of what I'm feeling about what's actually happening in this very moment. Mm. Um, and like when everyone was talking about black and black crime, I didn't chime in much on it because I had so many different thoughts going on in my mind. Um, and I say that to say is that when we're having these conversations, we have to take into account how people are feeling in the moment, mm. right? Because our in the moment experience might change how we react to certain things and how what perspective <laughs> we're going to bring to that table right yeah. <laughs> and so that that's just like where i was because like i'm i'm trying to listen to you all but i'm also like dealing with the notifications like coming up and then my my text message uh my group messages and everything like that um because i i kind of walk this middle ground of dealing with black on black crime but also also have an opinion about the crime inflicted on us from other communities yeah, yeah. so yeah right now i'm just confused <laughs> <laughs> but that's I, I just want to just add to you um I, I think we get so caught up on that we can only have a problem with one or the other yeah um, but we can actually yeah 
hate both hate and both. it be completely okay. It's okay yeah. to solution for both or a shift and pivot as needed to feel the feels in every single moment that you have. Um, but we just, we get caught up in that argument of what's worse when both of them really do hold equal weight. And, and I think, you know, sometimes we do. And when I say me, we, me, I need to take a step back and realize because I weigh them both the same and I, I believe in both the same, but I don't experience the effects of a lot of what goes on from outsiders doing harm to, to us. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't get the experience that just because of my everyday life and where I am, it doesn't come to my front door. It doesn't come to my neighborhood. Um, so I see it just from TV. I see it from social media. I see it from people telling me about what's going on um, in their areas or, or even like with you with the notifications. Um, so I tend to shift my focus on something that I think is, is manageable for me, which is the, the black on black crime. And maybe we don't want to call it that. Maybe we call it genocide. We can call it anything but that. But I shift and focus that because that comes to my front door. Like I've lost family members to people who look like them. And so, you know, and, and, and that, that's, I think what this platform is really good at is, is bringing all these views together all the perspective. And, and letting people really share their experiences of what they're feeling in their moments or what brought them to why they feel a certain way about certain things. Um, and you know, for my closed remarks, I just want to say, raise the next generation to shake the fucking tables. And if they can't shake <laughs> the table, flip the bitch over and make everybody earn a seat at their table. Go. Love it. Amen. Dex, what you got, brother? Yeah, I mean, I'm just piggybacking on what everybody's, I think, you know, um, a couple of the big things that I take away is the, um, you know, being able to be among everyone with different perspectives. Um, not just, you know, that we all come from our individual perspective, also the female side of it versus the male side of it, yes, being sir. able to see all those different dynamics at, at work. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this tonight is to um, become more clear with myself. And when I say that, I mean, clear meaning um, about my purpose in life, clear meaning what I supposed to be doing, not just for myself, but also for my people. Um, so those are the things that um, I, I come away feeling more, more of a responsibility to do certain things um, because we, we identify some things that need to be addressed. And we have a multi, you know, a long list of things that need to be addressed. Um, I think I'm going to start with one of one of those things, and that's being able to spread truth as much truth, um, do more research, um, identify more resources um, that will help me be able to help the next person. Amen. That's good. I know. Uh, mm -hmm. I know for me. Uh, her, this is always uh, a beautiful time, you know. Uh, I always gotta gotta thank everybody for coming in and, and being part of it, you know. Uh, especially folks that's uh, you know, out here on a work night. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much, you know. Uh, but we pay for bedtime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mine too, But it was, but this is this is. Oh yeah, Pat, my bedtime. Yeah, I know. You don't look like you got your nap in today, brother. Not at all, brother. Not at all. Yeah. 
but um, I, I appreciate this. And the dialogue that, that we create is like I said, it's, this is where we started at, you know, and I'm appreciative for everybody taking a part in this because it is very important to continue that and to push it outward and to open the door to these communications and, and these conversations and to realize that everybody's different perspective is valid in one way or another, because we're all different. We all say things differently, you know, whether you're from the hood or you're from the suburbs or you're uh, half and half like I am, you know, it, it just, it, whatever it is, whatever perspective you have, you know, it, there's validity to it. There's validity to what you say and what you feel. And we all need to empathize with each other, understand where they come from, and then go back out with that understanding so that we can see that we are all in this together. Even though we're all different or we see things differently, we might look at it different ways, but we're all in this together. You know, it's about all of us. I remember it like during the daytime at the crib, we would just be chilling, like, you know, and shit, you know, shit be neat. Mom, you know, everything be neat. My mom was a clean freak. You know what I mean? And friends used to come over, yo, crib is, is damn, it's neat, it's nice, whatever. But we wasn't allowed to really have too many people stay the night. I, I didn't understand it early, but when I got a little older, I understood it because I remember myself the first time waking up in the middle of the night to get myself a glass of water and flicked on the lights. I said, this is where these roaches were. <laughs> they come out at night. Brother Owen, you, do you recall when I told you I appreciate your boy Trump? He bring the roaches out, bro. Mm -hmm. I think as as whatever we want to identify with, black, African American, whatever, we in a woke era right now, where everybody is forced to wake the fuck up. Because do I believe the boy is a monster? I don't believe he's a monster. I really don't. You know what I mean? I think he's a He's a, he's a whore for publicity, but do I think he's a monster? No. I just think that he's the stain on the concrete that bring the roaches out. And I'm thankful for him because now I know where the fuck the roaches is at. <laughs> All right, so um, with that being said, man, I, I love y'all and, and, and I love y'all perspective. Just know, that regardless of what perspective we have, we got some shit to clean up. Agreed. And with this platform, I am 100% sure that we doing a lot of fucking cleaning here. I love every last one of you guys. Peace. Hey, hold up, it's your man King. Herbal behind had to go to bed so he can get up early and take his water pill. So I gotta remind y'all to like, subscribe, and share this episode everywhere you can. This is for us, so let's build this community. That's where our strength is at. And don't forget to visit www.solutionbasedcommunity.com to check out all the other episodes and videos. Remember, be the solution. Peace. <laughs>